Hi everybody, I'm Jen Johnson and this is Thought by Thought Healing and I approach the mind-body connection from a Christian perspective. Today I have the honor of interviewing Dr. Rebecca Kennedy and we are going to talk about two hot topics. We're going to talk about long COVID and how to recover from it, understanding the mind-body connection and TMS. And we're also gonna talk about the role of medication in recovering from chronic pain. And we um, really, especially with the second topic, really do approach it with a lot of compassion because we have all been um, in this cycle of considering or on medication when we're talking about chronic pain and chronic symptoms. So I hope that you enjoy it. I am going to be taking this interview and splitting it down the middle and having a part one that's about long COVID and part two that is more focused on medita- medication. And so I hope that you enjoy those. Um, In the end of the second episode, she does talk about how she's going to be opening her own private practice in the fall. And so she will be taking patients then. And I'll go ahead and put her website, her website to be in the show notes. So here's a little bit about her before we jump into this episode. Dr. Rebecca Kennedy is a family medicine physician with a lifelong interest in the mind-body connection. She initially went into medicine because of her fascination with the body's ability to heal itself. And after two decades of treating patients with the typical medicines and procedures, finally found what she was looking for with this new model, mind-body syndrome, to treat chronic symptoms and help people to heal themselves. She attended Vassar College and graduated from the University of Michigan Medical School in 1999 and moved to Portland, Oregon for residency in family medicine at OHSU, Oregon Health and Science University. After years of seeing patients with many chronic symptoms that she couldn't effectively help, she developed an intense curiosity to see what other information was out there, which I love. She searched for years, constantly learning about new science and different approaches, and fortunately, she learned about Dr. Howard Schubiner and Dr. David Clark and the new model she had been searching for. She learned everything she could about this approach and has been successful using it with patients at Kaiser Permanente and will open her own practice in the fall with this model as the sole focus of her practice. And so, without further ado, I give you Dr. Kennedy. I hope you enjoy. All right. Hi, Dr. Kennedy. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's just get started. Um, Well, first, I'm really excited about our two topics. We have decided on um, doing one interview, and then I'm going to cut it in half and make this into two segments um, because the subjects we're going to talk about are just so different. Uh, So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about long COVID, um, which is such an important subject in this current time that we're in. And also then we're going to talk about the role of medication in healing from TMS. So thank you for being willing to talk about those two really big things. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with um, just telling me about yourself, telling the listeners about who you are and and how you ended up working in TMS. Because I believe that your story is a little bit different than most of the doctors that I've had on this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am a family medicine physician, and I've been a physician for over 20 years. I went to the University of Michigan Medical School, and then I moved to Portland, Oregon to go to OHSU for my family medicine residency. And um, I just over the years, 
I was so curious about so many medical problems that our medical paradigm was not able to help. And especially as a family medicine physician, really we see the whole patient and the whole person. And I think we all really recognize that there are these patterns and so much of what happens in medicine and what we use to diagnose are patterns. And as a family medicine physician, seeing the patterns of a lot of physical symptoms like pain or IBS, migraines, but also the same patients also had things like mental health problems or anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD. Many of them also had a history of trauma. And and I just saw this so much patient after patient, year after year after year, and I couldn't understand why we couldn't help it better. The medicines didn't help. The Sending them to mental health didn't help all of it, can help some of it, but um, and it just, I just couldn't understand. So it just um, gave me this really intense curiosity to just search and search and search. And over years really would read and listen to and attend conferences on everything I could find. And then finally found the work of TMS and um, Dr. Schubner and Dr. Clark uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, did you discover Dr. Sarno before or after you found Schubner and Clark? Well, you know, it's funny. It was afterwards. However, I had, I'm one of those people that had a Dr. Sono book on my shelf for like 15 years, but, really? hadn't, actually, but hadn't actually read it. I had the healing back pain book on my shelf. <laughs> so so the, the answer was there all along. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> um, did you, so am I detecting that you do not have a history of chronic symptoms yourself? It was more on behalf of your patients that you started exploring this? Well, now that is the funny part. So no, not necessarily. I mean, you know, I got tension headaches at 3 PM every day. And, you know, when I was a panel PCP and, you know, some back pain, you know, here and there, like when I look back, but nothing really that, you know, stopped me from doing what I wanted to do particularly. Um, So that's not why I found this work. It was really because of my patients. But after I learned about this work with a bunch of of really significant stresses that were happening in my life, and I then developed chronic pain and fatigue. And and so it was a very kind of sad, funny, in a sad way, story. Um, Wow. And... um, yeah. And for a while I was like, oh my gosh, here I'm teaching about this and helping people, but here I'm having my own terrible experience. But um, like much mm. of this work and these symptoms is that it really helped me. And now I actually feel like I'm such a better physician to work with patients around these things because I really know what it feels like. and I And I also know that even though understanding this a hundred percent, like so excited to find this work, it made so much sense to me just immediately when I had huge amounts of symptoms, my brain would still question, really, is there really nothing wrong with your body? This is really just your brain. And so um, anyway, I, I feel like I, I really, I really understand the experience of it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It is very nice to be able to relate to your patients and clients and say, I've been there and I see you. And a lot of times that's really what we need is that that compassion piece. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so let's get into um, long COVID. Um, how did you develop interest in this? And yeah, tell a little bit of that that story. Well, um, again, I suspected just you know initially that long COVID was like many of the other you know disorders that mm-hmm. led to my intense interest in finding this um, this path. Um, and it just really made sense to me that that long COVID was a part of the nervous system functioning. And, mm-hmm. um, and so in thinking about that, I then started kind of talking to different patients with long COVID around it and um, just exploring it kind of further and further with, with patients. Wow. So would you say that you're, you're kind of, did you almost predict in 2020 COVID hits? Did you start predicting, okay, I know the role of fear and I know the role of the nervous system being turned up. I can kind of suspect and predict that this is going to be a thing. You know, it's so funny. I I actually didn't. Okay. (laughs) I know that there's a lot of other, a lot of other physicians that did, you know, sort of think of, of that. Although granted, when I first heard about it, you know, it did, it definitely clicked in right away, but yeah. 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 It totally makes sense to me. Okay. So you just became interested in it. And then, um, what, I guess, what do we, how, how are we evaluating long COVID? Um, what is it that, you know, somebody comes in and is it that they have the same exact symptoms that they had while they had COVID? Um, and now they've just carried on or is long COVID, um, a new set of symptoms that comes as it drags out. Um, what what is the general um, verbiage around understanding long COVID, and um, and what are tests showing or not showing regarding these symptoms that are um, yeah chronic at this point in time? Yeah, well, I mean, long COVID can be anything really. I mean, it's just hugely variable, and I have. You know, there's everything from patients who had just like you're saying, they had the initial infection and then their symptoms just never got better from there. Okay. And so there's that scenario, but then there's also the scenarios of people who got better, but then sometime afterwards, then started getting these these other symptoms that they couldn't explain very well. And a lot of people have only had relatively mild um, COVID infections or maybe, you know, barely any COVID infection, or maybe it was, they just had the vaccine and and they didn't actually have COVID. There's, you know, some of that as well. There are definitely people that had COVID really bad and really scary. And I have quite a few patients that got COVID in 2020. You know, we all kind of have to bring our brains back to how scary that time was. Yeah. And, you know, they're at home alone and they can't breathe very well and they don't even have the option. Really, they feel like of seeking medical care and they're calling emergency departments and they're telling them to stay home. And, you know, and it's just Mm -hmm. a very frightening place to be. And, um, And so I have some patients that did have COVID infection that was quite severe um, and then, you know, just have persisted symptoms since then. I don't, you know, it's interesting. I personally don't have 
any patients that I'm trying to think about that I that I work with long term um, who had it so severe that they were hospitalized. I guess I had I have one patient, but I, I don't work with her ongoing. But um, most of my patients didn't weren't in the ICU and didn't have it, you know, to that severity. Um, and in terms of the testing, is that you know by nature of what long COVID is, is it's really a diagnosis of exclusion, which means that the testing is normal for, you know, any other, you know, that there's any other um, medical problem that we can identify. Mm -hmm. So there can be people that have long COVID that do have abnormal testing, maybe scarring in their lungs or something like that because of a very, very bad COVID infection but that's very, very minimal. Like very few people that have lung COVID do actually have abnormal testing in that regard. Okay, so you're so essentially what I'm hearing you say is that I let's say I have COVID. Now I have long COVID. I go in for these testings. Let's say my all my tests come back as normal. That's what that's the um the group of patients that we're talking about primarily today is the people who right. their their testing comes back normal. Right. Is there mm-hmm. any um abnormal testing that you would still want to put in this category of people that we're going to talk about today and and how we ap- approach that? Um mm, I mean not particularly okay. um yeah I mean it's really more about the just normal testing and okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So now we know who we're talking about. We're talking about the people who, who are listening. We're talking about the people whose tests have come back clean. Um, what, how, how do you approach this? How do you describe to people, let's say they're new, um, in a, as short as you can <laughs> explanation, knowing that most of my listeners have heard me in my previous episode of like, what is TMS? Um, so if they want to know, a lot of detail. They can either go to your website, which or your um, YouTube uh, video, which I just listened to is great, um, or or one of mine and get more of a thorough understanding. But in a nutshell, how would you describe it to somebody who's new and has long COVID? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I always do is really listen to someone's story and really hear mm-hmm. what's been going on for them, not only in this time of having long COVID symptoms, but also really their whole life. Mm-hmm. and and really put all of those those pieces together um but i i talk about long covid or even you know tms or or this work is really if we think about that the problem or i mean the what medicine has done in the past or you know what we think of is that if there's a symptom in the body that means that there's damage in the body causing that symptom. And then we just keep going and going and going, looking in deeper and deeper in the body to try and find it. And it just really wasn't part of the thinking and the paradigm that the, the source of the symptoms could be from the nervous system. But instead, if we really turn it around and we stand at the brain and we look down at the body from the perspective of the brain through the nervous system, that from my perspective, as you know, as a physician of 20 years, all the pieces really come into place is that if we think about it, that the brain gets stuck in the on position and that can happen for lots and lots of different reasons. 
And going through a COVID infection is one of those reasons. I mean, certainly being a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic is a really, really big deal. And then we get an infection and it's a very inflammatory infection. So our body is fighting off this infection and there's all these inflammatory cells and all these things going in on our body. And then that information happening in our body that gets sent up to our unconscious brain. And then our unconscious brain is then assessing what does this mean? And then it rolls that into kind of everything else that's going on. And again, gets our brain stuck in the hypervigilant mode or the stuck on position, sort of that dysautonomia. Often that's talked about a lot around long COVID and that it's just stuck in that position. So it's then just showering down all these warning signals and all these messages to the body of what the body doesn't need. And our and our brain, our unconscious brain tells our body everything of what to do. It tells our heart how to beat and our digestion, whether it should digest and the inside of the blood vessels, those little muscles to open up or close down. I mean, it is our brain that tells every single part of our body what it should be doing. So if our brain is then stuck in the on mode, it can then cause all these different symptoms all around the body. That is a great visual. It's so helpful to to look at it from that perspective, from the brain down, because the, the amount of symptoms, and I talk about this a lot on this show, the amount of symptoms, the variety of symptoms is, is crazy. Um, yeah. What, um, what would you say are the top six, let's just say symptoms that you hear people talk about with long COVID and, um, maybe help us understand how that can be through the for sure. So definitely fatigue, brain fog, pain, that post-exertional malaise of just doing a little bit of activity and then they're just overcome with fatigue for way longer Mm -hmm. than what would go along with their, their conditioning. Um, insomnia, sometimes, you know, zaps and buzzes I see a lot and, um, shortness of breath. I'd say dizziness as well. Those are, I'd say the most common symptoms, but again, can be lots and lots of different things. How do you see I'm just going to ask as if I, I was somebody just listening. How do you see fatigue being something that is nervous system related? Yeah, that's a really important question. So I start with describing the new science of pain and that when we injure ourselves, is that the pain is not generated by the nerves in our body. The nerves send the information to our unconscious brain, our unconscious brain then makes sense of what that signal means. And when it decides that it's danger, it then sends a warning signal of pain back down to our body. And those signals is so our unconscious brain that's connected to our body can communicate with our conscious brain that had that decides our behavior, what to do about it. That's something in our body needs our attention. So fatigue is also a warning signal like that. And certainly we can be fatigued for other reasons in our body, like if we're anemic and we're not getting enough blood, or if we ran a marathon, or we only slept two hours last night, or we have a thyroid problem, or you know whatever it is, there can be all these different reasons for fatigue. But if those things have been checked out, and also the pattern of it is not making sense of that, 
Fatigue is also a warning signal. And when we're sick with an infection like COVID or like pneumonia, our our unconscious brain is trying to communicate with our conscious brain saying, hey, get in bed, stop working, stop cleaning your house. Your immune system needs to spend all of its energy on fighting this infection so that you don't die and you get over it. And much like how pain, the pain signal can get stuck in place after our body's healed, the fatigue signal can also get stuck in place when we no longer have an infection. Okay. So it sounds like to me at this point in time, we have ruled out that there's something structural by doing testing. And now we're starting to collect evidence that there's, there's patterns that don't really make sense. So there's nothing wrong with my body. Um, and, and what's, and now we're understanding the science of what's happening. So there's nothing wrong. Now we're understanding the science, but how do we, how do we heal long COVID? How do we move out of this, um, nervous system? I'm going to call it dysregulation. Does that work for you? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's um, attending to the source of the symptoms of why we're having the symptoms and what's turning them on. Like anything that we do in medicine, we need to determine what the source is, because if we don't do that, then we can't help it. So if we have a sore throat and the source is strep throat, then giving an antibiotic is getting to the source of the problem. So with understanding TMS and long COVID's role in that, is that the source of the symptom is really this dysregulation of the nervous system is that our brain being stuck in the hypervigilant or on mode, which is really the fear in the unconscious brain. And that is the source of the symptoms. And it can be there for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And not the least of which is Again, our symptoms, you know, our brain makes the symptom like the pain or the fatigue, but then our, our, those nerves in our body send the information back up to our brain, checking in, letting our brain know what's going on. And when the symptom comes of pain or fatigue, then our brain goes, what? Pain, fatigue? That's dangerous. And then it turns the fear even higher, even though it's who made the the symptom in the first place, that's where it got made. I liken it to like a dog chasing its tail that the yeah. dog turns around and goes, whoa, the tail, oh my gosh. And then starts chasing it. That's but so it gets, it gets stuck in place. And so we need to break that cycle. And um, and so it's the different, the different ways that we break the cycle. And number one is really understanding that the body is not damaged, that it's a faulty danger signal and it's the nervous system that is the source, which again, is not necessarily easy, especially when you have a lot of different symptoms, but is really important. Yeah, absolutely. It is not, it is not easy. I, I, re- I remember in my recovery, just at one point in time being like, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, and it, and it feels like that's what, um, everybody says, oh, this takes longer than I thought, but it, it is, and it is worth it. It's, it is worth it and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think also, and I think specifically with long COVID because it's so prevalent and so, um, so much information out there right now is that it's really hard not to, Mm -hmm. um, kind of have our brain just 
focus on that fear part of it, especially because I think there's so little information out there about success stories in recovery. So I recommend to my patients that they actually don't look at the information that's out there because it can be too um, exacerbating for their brain. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I say to them, like, I promise if any new information comes out, some earth shattering information about long COVID, you will find out, or I will tell you, someone will tell you, but really, I think giving your brain a break from um, being bathed in the, the danger information that's out there. And unfortunately, sometimes that, that can be in places where people also get sort of solace and, and validity from groups um, and mm -hmm. I think that that can be a tough one because it's important to have support and that validation. Um, but if you're then getting, your brain is then focusing on a lot of kind of fear and so many problems of people having or not getting better that I think that that can end up, um, being a little bit more harmful. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay. So that's the first step. Let's just do I don't know, three, three tips to healing from COVID. So one is reduce the fear, which includes not reading all the people that aren't healing from COVID. Um, and what are a couple other tips that, that you have for people? Um, well, having self-compassion is yeah. key for all of this and, um, you know, doing things to calm your nervous system but I think also a really key point of that, you know, some meditation, breathing, sleep, social connection, anything that's enjoyable. But, but a part that I teach about this is really also un like understanding how important that is, but also understanding the limitations. And I think that sometimes people think that when it's a nervous system problem, that's all they need to get better. And then they get really frustrated that they're mm. doing what they're supposed to and everything they should, but they're not getting better. So um, understanding what, how those have its limitations. And the way that I describe it is that things like breathing, meditation, restorative sleep, is that they get into the unconscious brain and they turn down the danger part of the brain, take our nervous system to the calm state of the nervous system where we want to be and is great and important. But if our brain believes that we are in danger, it's going to turn itself right back on again. Yeah. So I think that's the piece. The other piece is that we really need to attend to. What is that other piece? And how do we do those other pieces? <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> so that's where the, the other pieces, again, I think, again, focusing on that the body is not broken, that it's the nervous system. But um, but doing the um, the neural circuit retraining or like the pain reprocessing therapy or I call it neural reprocessing therapy because I use it for different things than just pain. Yeah. Um, but that sort of somatic tracking where it's rewiring the brain and reteaching the brain that that sensation that's created doesn't actually mean damage and. Um, being pre you know, learning to be present with it and view it through the lens of safety um, as a process over time. Yeah. And that that is showing the brain that you're not truly in danger. Um, it's not necessarily super easy or intuitive. It's definitely not intuitive and takes time. Um, but putting that piece in place 
Um, and then the other piece that I, I think can be really important and helpful is how we manage our emotions and our thoughts and our worries. And, you know, as a human being, we develop conscious awareness. And so our emotions and our thoughts and our worries also turn on the danger part of our brain. And in learning how to process these and bring them up to the surface, see them for what they are, allow ourselves to feel our emotions, which is a normal part of being human, um, and releasing them um, through something like expressive writing, um, yeah. that it can um, help to turn down the danger part of the brain, which then, you know, works together with kind of all these different pieces to then help restore the nervous system to the good functioning that it should be in. Yeah. And this, I mean, we're, we're summarizing it down into these four, you know, like little nuts and we're like, okay, attend to the source, basically use some, some education to understand you're not broken, calm your nervous system with these, um, these tools, breathing and somatic tracking and things like that. Pain reprocessing therapy maybe gets its own, own section there. So that's the third one. And then releasing emotions and I just want to say that there is something holistically healing about this, everything you just said, when it's all done together, that um, what's your experience when people come out on the other side of that? Um, do What do you see? Do you see a, this big change? Um, I found for me that it was really encouraging and life-changing for me. Do you see that in other people too? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a couple of things about it is that I've heard it, I've heard it talked about that it's simple, but yeah. not easy. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, it is kind of distilling down to these different things, but it takes time and it, it's, you know, yeah. it can be hard to even figure out for yourself what those pieces are. And, mm -hmm. you know, the road can go up and down and can be frustrating and take time and who knows how long it's going to take for you. And, um, but but I think really understanding that ultimately you can get better and yeah. who knows how long it will take, but it generally takes less time than you might think it would yeah. actually over time. But that is the, just like you were saying, kind of back to your original question is the real beauty in this really is, I think how this can just open up your life for the rest of your life. Like it's not just about turning off the symptom. Mm -hmm. It's about learning this new way of mm -hmm. approaching life in the world and how we manage the problems because we're always going to have problems. Yeah. It's not about getting rid of stresses and getting rid of problems because we will never do that. We will never succeed with that. Yes. They're always going to be there, but it's really learning that we have to lean into discomfort and by leaning into the discomfort, because there will always be discomfort in the yeah. world, in our life, but by leaning into it instead of away from it, that's what gets us through it and gets us to the other side. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I love this work because of that. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. Leaning into yeah, it is such sure. an important concept in all of this. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. Anything else about, before we switch to topics, anything else about long COVID? I know there's some resources you sent me um, 
a small research study, um, some success stories around long COVID using this approach. Um, I'm just trying to look, I have a list here in front of me. Um, the Annals of Internal Medicine, there's a study there of the symptoms and how they're, how would you, how would you summarize that study? Well, um, I think, you know, overall, it's really looking at that, um, the, there are some longitudinals or a bunch of longitudinal studies done in the NIH really trying to investigate this. And the, um, one of the studies is that they, you know, they did every test that they could think of, you know, really trying to figure out, can they find some abnormal testing and and they were not able to conclusively find among a population of people with long covid testing that was abnormal and um and science is pretty good at testing like medicine is pretty good at testing these days mm-hmm. and yeah. um and so really not to to find consistent abnormal tests i think again really speaks to that the problem is with the functioning of the nervous system rather than damage in the body. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other study that, that you mentioned was um, at Harvard, there was a couple of small studies that was done using this model specifically. And they were doing a study initially on chronic low back pain and people who have had pain for greater than 10 years and using this sort of emotional psychophysiologic model and um, and while they were doing that study, a couple of people developed long COVID and then the, their long COVID symptoms started getting better. And the back pain study, you know, had fantastic results of, you know, people again had back pain for greater than 10 years and two thirds of them got to like zero out of 10 pain and the, another 20% got to like one to two out of 10 pain. Um, and then they did another just pilot study. It was just a small study. They did not have a control, but, um, of those 23 patients after a couple of, with long COVID after a few months of using this approach, they had similar results. And again, they looked at like eight different of those symptoms that we talked about. Um, and again, two thirds of the patients got significantly better. Another 20% got moderately better. I think there was only like a very like one or two that um, that didn't have a significant improvement. So I think again, looking at the pattern, looking at how long COVID is similar to the symptoms that we've seen for a very long time, um, and how we can't find testing. You know, really, just when we step back and we look at the whole big picture, I think it really all comes together well. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Thank any anything else you want to say about long COVID? Um, no. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, love it. Um, so this next part, I do. I just want to hear about what your fall is going to look like, and then I might take this clip and and duplicate it and put it back on the the original one too, so both people can oh. know where to find you. Yeah. In, um, in the fall. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so I've been working for Kaiser Permanente for the last 15 years. And the last couple of years, I've been doing this work through Kaiser and um, and with long COVID specifically yeah. and have been the lead of the long COVID clinic there. So working with quite a lot of patients. Um, and then it's something I've wanted to do for quite a long time is um, just work for myself and start my own clinic. And I really just want to focus 
on this work specifically and, and not do kind of regular primary care work anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so in the fall, I um, plan to start my own, um, my own clinic in Portland. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Called Resilience Healthcare. Will you do virtual care or? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Will you do in person also or just virtual? Yeah. Yeah. I'll start with both and just kind of see where it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it's primarily great because we need more doctors with TMS. We know we have a shortage um, or with TMS um, understanding foundation. So thank you. Um, what is, so I know that your website's not up and running, but you've already picked your domain. Um, yeah. How about I just, can I just put the domain in the, in the notes and then yeah, in yeah. the future people will, it will be yeah. live at some point in time. Yeah, what yeah. Is, what's your website going to be called? <laughs> um, so it's resilience-healthcare.com. Okay. Great. And are you going to do long-term like coaching with people? Or are you going to do the primary giving a diagnosis of TMS or both? What's your, Oh, both. Yeah. Kind of whatever people want. Yeah. And I also will be doing virtual classes as well, both for, um, just generally any sort of TMS symptoms, but then specifically okay. a long COVID, uh, virtual class as well. Okay. And that will be in the fall. So if, if people wanted mm -hmm. to get a hold of you now, is that possible or is it best to wait till fall? Probably wait till fall. Am I, I'm yeah. hoping to have my website go live like in the next month or so, like awesome. hopefully sometime in September. Okay. This is great. Yeah. And I am licensed in Oregon and Washington. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Right. Which you're in Oregon and I'm in Washington. I know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A good match. All right. Well, Dr. Kennedy, thank you for taking the time, for encouraging us all, and just sharing your thoughts on both of these like hot topics. Yeah, for sure. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Until next time. All right. Sounds good.